Welcome to Local Matters Sports. This is your host, Sam Brooks, and today we got Coach Taylor Hennigan from Cookville High School, the head coach out at CHS. Welcome back to the show, Coach Hennigan. Thank you for having me. Good to have you back. Uh, it's not been too long. I think back in the summer we got together and, and did a show and talked about uh, the prospects for the season at Cookville High School. And I do want to focus uh, real quick, Coach, on your second year and you know talk about the games that you've had so far as, as it sits right now going into Friday night you're five and three got a big game coming up and then uh, the the last game is away so this week will be the last home game here at Cookville High School for this year in the football program but first before we get into all that I want to talk about the the first year um, the first time you came on the show we talked about I was lucky enough to be on the committee and and uh, you know I told you at that time I, I thought we we all as a committee did a good job of we had some good candidates uh, for the position mm-hmm. and, and uh I, you know i told you that you really stuck out not only are you from here you're a local guy you wanted to be back you want to stay here there were a lot of great things in in the interview that you talked about that that has really held true in, in the first two years um uh, of being the head football coach at Cobalt high school but we talked a lot that first year about building a foundation and how important that foundation is. And you, foundationally speaking, you, a business, uh, you know, anything, a family, anything that you do, if you don't create that good foundation, uh, you know, on solid ground, it's hard to sustain something over time. And I, just looking at what you've done in the first year, you know, it's rebuilding. You had to create some situations that, that, uh, Kids in, in Putnam County and Cookville especially wanted to come to Cookville High School to play football. And you seem like that you've done it. You worked really hard with your staff over the last two years, not only getting the staff that you want together, um, which, you know, all it all points to a very good staff that you put together. And, and as time goes on, I'm, I'm sure, you know, with success, people start, start kind of reaching in and wanting to pull away your people. If you do well, that, mm-hmm. that always tends to happen because there's other spots for them. And just like you, you know, you've kind of jumped around a little bit from uh, when you're playing days at Tennessee tech to, to get into coaching, going through high school, play, uh, coaching in college uh, to kind of see what's out there, what's available. Every, everybody does that yep. along the way, especially your younger coaches. But talk a little bit about going through that first year and how important it was to go through those experiences and, and to really focus and concentrate on building that foundation. Yeah, uh, that's a good point. I mean, I think, you know, for me, I knew it was going to be a learning process for sure. I mean, it still is. And, and hopefully, you know, you never stop doing that. But I knew that first year there was going to be quite a bit of stuff that I was just going to have to figure out, you know, kind of as I as I go, and, and had a bunch of guys to to lean on, um, a, a bunch of guys obviously around me to to lean on. You being one of those people, but just guys that have done it, you know, guys that have been in that position, um, to try to help and, and just bounce questions off of and, and that type of thing. Um, you know, I did feel like we had a, you know, I had a pretty detailed plan um, to to begin that foundation, whether it was youth development, um, you know, school engagement, uh, academics, obviously just setting the standard for for how we practice and how we lift in the weight room and what meetings look like and all the way down to how we dress and how we travel. I'm, I'm kind of an OCD guy, um, so pretty overprepared for, um, for a lot of that stuff. So 
felt like you know I had a, a good plan. I think that evolved a little bit. It, I hope it always does, and you try to figure out you know what, where you can be better. You do that every week um, from a game plan standpoint. So um, implement implementing that plan, um, I knew it was going to take time, and everybody told me um, you know year one you can make some changes. Year two you'll see some of those changes, and in, in year three hopefully you're really um, kind of in that in that comfort comfort zone as far as a program goes. So, I've I've definitely seen that kind of play out um, for sure so far. Um, but just you know, learning on the fly, learning just the ins and outs of high school football and, and what it means to be a head coach. And then you know, you talked about putting a staff together. I think we talked about this the last time um, this summer when I was on. You know, our staff in year one. Um, Zach, my brother, who's my offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach, um, did not get here till the beginning of June. Um, we didn't have an O-line coach until uh, almost August. Uh, our current O-line coach, who was our tight ends coach last year, was um, gone all summer. And we were just, you know, kind of piecing together our staff in spring ball and starting to work together, uh, you know, in the summer. And you're, you know, six, seven weeks out from from playing games, and uh, that that was a big challenge for us. This off season has been totally different. Um, starting in December, starting in in January, just with optional stuff, the weight room, um, our staff meeting more consistently, uh, and obviously year two of our players knowing kind of the expectation both on and off the field. So um, completely different and. Uh, you can you can see if you've watched us from year one to year two, you can see it's <laughs> completely different on the field as well. So still a lot of room for improvement um, individually and collectively, but um, I do feel like we're trending in that right direction, and, and the communication is is very clear. The plan is very clear for our staff, uh, and then through to our players, um, and that's something that I've I've tried to focus on is be very detailed but also be very clear on on what the expectation is well a couple of things there um your support mechanism is is incredible and you may you mentioned me i i don't know that i've helped in any way on the football field at all but um you, you got your dad um you know who i call coach hennigan uh, <laughs> coach over at tennessee tech when i was there and you know what wealth of experience there not only uh in professional but college football and then him playing himself and then him coaching himself and then you throw Zach into the mix and you know you it's the relationships that you have with your coaches are so important and, and you brought an offensive coordinator in that you already have that relationship with you don't have to worry about any of that that doesn't mean you're not going to get in disputes and you know that doesn't mean that you're not going to argue about some things but a lot of times when you're the head coach you you're going to have those disputes and that's healthy uh, but when you walk out of that door, you got to be on the same page. And having an offensive coordinator as your brother, you can count on that. You know, when yep. you walk out the door, he y'all are on the same page no matter what because you you've lived your lives together mm-hmm. like that. So, uh, I I think the improvement for anybody that's been in a game is is obvious. Um, and, and you know, you definitely what you were saying, you were behind the eight ball. And we as coaches, we tend to not really want to make it any type of excuses. Right, but yeah. what you, it's not really an excuse. It's just kind of. Uh, chronicling what happened mm-hmm. uh, in, in the season last year. I, th- I think going into it, you knew that you were going to have to build that great foundation. You knew and had been told by probably several people, you know, what some of the problems were that existed. But you also know from experience as a player here at Cookville that 
Cookville High School can be a very good football school, football yep. program year in and year out. So you know that. Mm-hmm. It's not like somebody coming into Cookville that's not grown up here and, and you know, doesn't know uh, whether Cookville can be successful. You know, you know, Coach Joslin, when you played with him, proved that. To Coach Chambers, back when uh, the new school was built, uh, you know, proved that getting into the playoffs. And, and then Jimmy Maynard, yep. you know, proved that after you. So it can be done. It, it has been done. And you're well on your way to doing that. So it's obvious if, if you watch a game, you can see the improvement from last year, this year, just in the way the kids uh, operate on the field right. and the organization that exists from pregame all the way through everything that you guys do. Yeah, no doubt. And I think, um, you know, I, I agree 100%. First of all, just the amount of people on our staff that are are invested in, in our players. And, and we've got, you know, 17, 18 coaches, some that have been there through the, the previous, um, you know, Coach Maynard's tenure, which has been very helpful because you always want a little bit of insight to – hey, this is how this was handled before or this is what the, the practices looked like before. And, and you just, you know, you want to be able to compare, um, you know, some of that and, and just their energy level and kind of their commitment to our to our players and then obviously some new faces that um, have made a, a big impact on, on our staff for sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, my goal and, and kind of what I explained through the hiring process and, and more importantly to our players and to our to our coaches, as I do feel like we can compete at the highest level. Um, that is not going to be easy, and that's not something that's going to happen, um, you know, day one or year one. But I do feel like it's possible, and, and I know my experience, you know, you touched on it a little bit. My experience here as a player was, you know, we were almost uh, in denial a little bit. We felt like, you know, we were going to beat anybody that, that we played, um, but not not in an unhealthy way, not – not in an overconfident way, but just a belief in a in a culture that that we were going to give anybody that that came into our house a, a good shot, and that's we're starting to get there. You know, the win a few weeks ago at Gallatin was huge. A, a huge program win for that belief that we, you know, we beat a really good team, um, a well coached team, and, and a very talented team, and uh, I, I think that was a, a big moment for our program. It, it's uh, it's unusual a little bit, and kind of touching on that win, you know, while we're talking about it, it's unusual that you get a two-week break during the middle of the football season. And Cool's done a good job of using that break. All of our county schools have. But using that break to really get an opportunity for kids to get away from it for a couple of days and then build on your successes and accomplishments along the way. And I think that really came together. Um, in that Gallatin game. Yeah, I, I agree. It came at a good time. And honestly, for coaches too, you know, coaches, I'm not used to a break in the middle of the season, not, you know, maybe a day or two, but um, it, it's good for coaches to kind of get away from um, the grind for a few days and, and kind of catch their breath a little bit. And uh, our players handled it really, really well on the off week and uh, coming back and, and practicing for a long time, a little bit extended meetings and extended practices over over fall break, um, I thought they handled that really well. Uh, it's obvious that they did, and, and you know it can that that can go either way. You know you can uh, kind of lose a couple of them along the way and, and uh, get their mind off of, of what they need to be on, or you can kind of build on it and, and make turn it into a good thing. And I think your staff did a, a really good job of giving them a break, 
but also giving him a little bit of time off. So kudos there. We're talking with uh, Coach Taylor Hennigan, head coach over at Cookville High School. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. What's so important about shopping with locally owned businesses? When you shop local, your hard-earned dollars stay here in the community, helping to benefit your friends and neighbors, local schools, roads, and all aspects of community life. But what happens to my money if I spend it online or at a national chain store? In most cases, the profits go far away, out of state, corporate headquarters, or even overseas. It doesn't take any extra effort to shop local. Office Mart on South Jefferson and Cookville is your locally owned office furniture and supply store. For over 35 years, they've been proud to serve businesses in the Upper Cumberland with quality and value. You get real customer service, too. And unlike shopping online, you can actually see and try out the large inventory of office furniture in their showroom. And when it's delivered, it's not a box on your step. They're glad to install and set up everything. Office Mart. There's no other locally owned office store in the region. South Jefferson Avenue across from Hardee's. Shop local at Office Mart. Welcome back to Local Matter Sports. This is your host, Sam Brooks. Taylor Hennigan in the hot seat a little bit today. Cookville High School head coach. When we left for break, Taylor, we were just talking about the season and the, the big win over Galton. But getting getting back to the foundation that you built through the first year, um, what were kind of the staples uh, of, of your foundation that you want to build? What What is, when you're talking to a coach coming in, or a player that maybe freshman group that's coming in, what are the, the you know, what are the characteristics of your foundation that you want them to understand quickly? Uh, you know, honestly, it's pretty simple from a player's standpoint. Um, you know, just the basic, the things that you you know you may take for granted, but I think that good good programs, good good teams, good businesses, whatever it is that do well, um, be on time. Be dressed properly, uh, communicate effectively, uh, and then the biggest one, you know, be be in a position to to encourage and, and give great effort. I mean, those are the things that we talk about every day. Your effort, um, your attitude, and the way that you do whatever it is you're doing. So, player wise, um, you know, accountability to to our program and, and just doing the little things, showing up to class. Uh, being on time to the weight room, being dressed properly. This, again, things that hopefully over time, and we're starting to see that, that we're not talking about that much anymore. But the first few weeks, the first few months of, of you know, my tenure there, it was every day. I mean, that was the things that, that I was talking about the most. And then um, I think just coaching the effort, I, you know, a lot of people say you don't coach that. I I disagree. We coach it every day. Uh, we watch it on film. Um and then making sure as a coach, you know, something that you mentioned talking to coaches, but something that we, you know, I stress to our guys is make sure that we highlight the guys that are doing it right because we can spend a lot of time, and I'm guilty of it, of, of kind of focusing on and meeting about the mistakes and the negative stuff. Um, but when it's done right, make sure that we've, we highlight it in a team meeting or a special teams meeting, make sure that we show it on film or um, we talk about it after the game. Uh, so they know that we know that we saw it uh, and that, that we appreciate it, and this is the, the standard that it needs to be done. You know, so many of the young people today need that, that, that instant feedback. You know, that, and what you're talking about is really modeling. You know, you, you want 
to model the behaviors that you want to see out of them. But at the same time, when you have student athletes that meet that need and, and meet that expectation, you want to, you know, really uh, make it known that, you know, what they're doing because they need a pat on the back just as well as they need a, a – you know, you learn a lot from mistakes. I'm I'm one that's real, real big on that. I mean, teachers in the classroom, like, it's cool when if you're doing a math problem, you don't know how to do it, you, you're going to fail. So fa- you learn a lot more from failure than you, you than you do from doing something right the first time. Yep. And and so they need correction, but at the same time, when they meet that expectation, they need to be patted on the back. They they long for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's part of why they play football. Right. Um, so I mean, that that's great to hear. And your your staff, you mentioned your staff again. How important is it to you? You you got Zach that played for Cooper High School yourself. You got Brian Chambers. Um, Gosh, I can't remember. Michael that. Scavo. Scavo. Yep. Uh, I just need to remember one name. There. I can't. Alan Richardson. And Alan. Yep. How important is that to have guys that, uh, you know, know what it's like to be on the field at Cobo High School? Yeah, it's it's huge. I, I've talked about that to our team before. Not only, not only know what it's like to play there, but played at a high level. I think, you know, I still tell people um, Zach's senior year, 2005, and Scavo's senior year, 2017, I think are the two best teams that, you know, at least in my memory or recent memory that we've had here, um, and, and had a chance to to compete with the big boys, and and so they've won region titles, they've won multiple playoff games, they've played deep into um, into the playoffs, and so they know, uh, along with myself, what they know what it's what it's like to have success and what the what the expectation is when you get to that level and what the what the atmosphere is like what what school is like when when the football team is playing well what the friday night atmosphere is um it's it's different you know and, and we're starting to get back to that um but they know and and then our players respect you know them and they respect all of our coaches of course but but when you have a guy that's done exactly what you've done at a high level it, it's a little bit different good good balance you know and i of course, I'm an offensive guy, so I, I probably focus on that a lot more than anything else. But really good balance of uh, of run and pass. Um, kind of, it appears to me, kind of a hybrid of, uh, you know, a little bit of no huddle when, when you need to, especially in the, uh, you know, time frame is under two minutes or near two minutes. Yep. Um, I, a question that uh, people have asked, and, and a couple of people asked me knowing that you were coming on the show, your brother brings the quarterback over to the sideline and runs the play in through the quarterback. Yeah. I've never seen that before. And, and man, that guy's got to be in really good shape. If I'm not mistaken, he plays a lot of defense too. Yep. And yep. and so uh, what is the thought process behind, you know, instead of running the, the play in with a receiver or signaling the plays in, what's the thought process? Yeah, a little old school. You know, that's kind of what I, I think we did. We maybe ran in with a receiver um, ran the play in with a different player and kind of made a substitution instead of instead of me running over every time I played. I, I can't remember, but there's pros and cons to both. And there's you know there's times where running to the sideline to get the play um, is not beneficial. You know I'm not going to lie. There's there's times where we would be an advantage to to signal or to go no huddle. Um, but most of the time, the way that we've built our offense, it is a run first offense. Mm-hmm. It's a ball. Ball control, um, control the clock, control the game, um, try to shorten the game offense, um, and and that's part of it. Another part of it is just the the comfort level of your offensive coordinator 
calling the play for you and then being able to relay that to the huddle, um, which is, again, just that comfort level of being able to call it. And, and also not just – it's not just the play call a lot of times. Sometimes yeah. it's it's the play call and then it's a note of, hey, remember to look at the backside corner or remember, um, you know, we're, we're reading the three technique here. It's sometimes it's a little bit of 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 a a coach's point with the play call, which is an advantage. You can't signal that stuff in. Um, I think another thing too. One one of my pet peeves as a defensive guy. One of my pet peeves to see offenses line up in a formation, look for a signal, and then stay in that formation. That is advantage defense um, because you have a lot of time to see what formation the offense is in, where their best player is on the field, and now you can adjust your play call accordingly. Um, So I think an advantage that we have is we're in the huddle a little bit longer, but the defense has less time to get set um, and to kind of get their ducks in a row to try to defend a running quarterback, three, three running backs that can run the ball, three or four good receivers we've gotten the ball to, uh, we are not an easy offense to prepare for. So I think that gives us a little little bit of a time advantage as well. It definitely does. And I love, you know, it's kind of like the pro ball and even college now, you've got the quarterbacks with the the earpiece, you know, and they're getting the same thing. They're just not having to run on off the field. You're kind of getting that out of that situation. And it's probably not going to be too long until that comes down to high school um, and you have the opportunity to do that. And it's funny uh, with – the justification of, of what Zach is doing with the quarterback. Um, and I want to touch on that a little bit more, but we're, we're going to take a quick break. We're here with Taylor Hennigan, head coach of Cookville High School Football, and we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Sam Brooks here, Local Matter Sports. Taylor Hennigan, head coach at Cookville High School, talking today about CHS and success they've had this year. And we were talking about uh, your quarterback coach, your brother, Zach, and, and running the quarterback on and off the field. And you made a good point uh, about the time and the ability for the defense not to get set up or, or see what offensive set that you're in. I think when the spread started, it was the opposite. So it was the offense getting the defense set and being able to see where their players were. Is it man-to-man? Is his own coverage? And then getting the play from the sideline based on what the coach saw. But now – I guess after 10 years of it, the, the defensive coaches, as this has unfolded, have had to try and figure out how to defend the spread better. And I think what you just said is how they've done that. They, they've taken a disadvantage and tried to turn it into an advantage and, and really played the same game as the offense is trying to play with them. Yeah, and that's a good point. And that, that's still a part of it, for sure. We, we need to see – there's times where we need to see, you know, what kind of coverage they're in or how they're going to align – um, I think at this level, uh, although there's there's some really good coaches and there's there's good good teams obviously that we've played at this level. Typically, what you see is what you get. You know, there's there's changes every game. I mean, there's always something a little bit different. But you know, we we feel like we do the preparation throughout the week, um, and we have a pretty good idea of hey, they're going to line up like this to this set. Uh, they're going to line up like this to this the, to this formation, um, and anything that is changed, we, we you know obviously you got to make adjustments on the fly. So your point is definitely a valid one. We, we're not always we don't have the time to to look at the defense and change the play, um, but we feel like we have a pretty good idea of what they're going to be in. 
Um, and a lot of our stuff is, you know, we're, we're getting downhill and running the football, and we really don't care where, where you're at. Well, it's, it's based on what you do. You know, in, in a spread, that's the whole base of the offense. You know, so if you got the personnel and, you know, the spread's based on that running pretty well-throwing quarterback. I mean, it doesn't have to be a, you know, kind of a drop-back passer, uh, six-foot-six quarterback, mm-hmm. you know, but they need to be able to run well in the spread or at least a threat. Yep. And then they need to be able to throw better than your average tailback. Yep. And, and so that's what kind of made that work. But I think the defenses are starting to catch up now. The, the, yeah. the, to, the score totals are starting to come down a little bit from where they used to be when the spread got it at its best. So, yep. And that's, I think that's the way it always happens. With the old wing tee where they hardly ever threw it, you know, that it, it was a good offense based on maybe not as much skill on your offensive football team, but a lot of movement and a lot of misdirection. Yep. And, uh, you know, I, I, it's weird how it runs in cycles. And, and yeah. some of the stuff that w- was going on in the 70s now is starting to come back around. You, you look at San Francisco's offense, yep. you know, you're starting to see that again um, in the pros. So, uh, you know, I, I like the the thought process that you're not giving that defense much time. When you come out of that huddle, you get to the line, you know the play, you run it. Yep. So it's just a different way of thinking based on what you have and what what your talent, you know, suggests that you should do. So I I like that. I just I'd have I'd had a lot of people asking about that. You yep. know, especially when I'm standing on the sideline. Right. You know, and and certain people will come up and I say, you know, I don't know. I'll I'll, I'll ask him <laughs> next yeah. time. Yeah. No, it's a valid question. I mean, it's it's. You don't see it a lot, and like I said, there's times where it's not advantageous for us, but we feel like over the course of a game, um, we have the advantage in, in that. And, and again, it's just I think it's the the best thing for our our quarterback and and the fact that he is playing both ways, and we put a lot on him. Um, and our calls, our system is is probably closer to an NFL model than than the college model. The college model is one or two signals, maybe a board with a picture on it, and you're making a play call quickly so that you can run plays quickly. Ours is more detailed, and we're telling just about every player on the field kind of what to do. So that's part of it as well. But it's different. Uh, it's it's changed so much yeah. that what you're doing is different than what everybody <laughs> else is doing now. Yeah. So you you said it a minute ago. You're kind of tough to prepare for, mm-hmm. not only because you got some good receivers and good tailbacks and a good quarterback, but also because of the way you do it. Yep. They, I guess, what I'm trying to say is they don't see what you do as much as they see the spread now. Right. So no it, it makes a lot of sense. Um, we'll touch on the the offensive line. I, the one, I guess, the biggest change and really belief for me was, you know, we're not going to be very good as a football team if we don't have a good offensive line. And that's that's the biggest difference. You've got some playmakers in there now versus last year. Not not really versus, but that have grown yep. and that are making the plays this year that maybe they didn't make as many of the plays last year. And I think yep. that's all based on offensive line. You, you've got a very good young offensive line. We do. And, you know, to be honest with you, there's some personnel, obviously some personnel changes that helped us, um, some guys that – kind of went through the fire last year as as a as a young player in a, in a difficult year that are now you know got that experience under the belt the biggest change um in my opinion is our offensive line coach uh will harding uh took those guys over after last season probably december really got um you know got officially in that in that role uh and just a very very smart Young coach was a, a state championship center at Maryville High School, 
uh, and you know, obviously you've got that on your resume. He's he is as good as a young coach as as I've seen, um, and has just done a phenomenal job with with the consistency in their in their preparation, both on and off the field. Um, it is night and day, you know, different, and and also year two. We talked about that. I mean, that's that's certainly it's the same system, you know, it's the same offensive system, but uh, you know that's helped some of those guys. Uh, but you know, Sky Pleasant, who was a sophomore center last year, that I mean had a lot of growing up to do, and, and has done it, and has played really well this year. Uh, Austin Hone, a new player, sophomore that um, has been really, really good, and then some seniors, Dalton Dial. Uh, Vince Altabelli, Jake Jasinski, um, just been very solid in that in that position, uh, and then Bennett Williams and and uh, Bill Sawyer's two two juniors that have played really well as well. So we feel like we've got seven or eight guys that uh, can can be effective up there. Yeah, there's no doubt, and, and a lot of players really stick out to me. And I've been I think to every home game um, this year, and you know one one kid that sticks out to me. I thought he had a good season last year, but really got more mature this year and more f- uh, physicality in his position. And then you've used him in several different roles is Mason Taylor. Uh, he, he, I mean, he, he is a good player. He's really gotten better. He was a good player last year, yep. but he's gotten a lot better this year. And it seems like his IQ of the game of football has really grown from last year to this year. And I'll throw uh, Presley Jarrett in there. He, he's kind of, kind of your big play guy yep. and he's come up with some good ones, but, you know, as a receiver, there's there's two parts to that. You got to have the quarterback get you the ball. You got to have the line to block, and then you got to do your thing. So it takes a lot more to make that happen. But you, and then you got some good young receivers coming up. Yep. Uh, you know, Presley is is more of that. Like you mentioned, he's that that speed guy, the home run guy uh, that that can kind of take the top off of defense and has has been our explosive play guy. Mason is a head coach's dream. He can literally play. Probably fifteen different positions between offense and defense. I mean, he honestly reminds me a little bit of how they used you. Yeah, you he's a much more physical <laughs> physical player than I ever was. He he loves to hit people. He honestly, I mean, he we're gonna miss so much about what he does. He's our holder. He's our punter. He's kicked off for us. He's played up back and kickoff returner. A good punter, by the way. Good punter. Um, he's our punt returner. He's played quarterback. He's our backup quarterback probably if Blake gets hurt. Safety, he can play linebacker. I mean, he he's a team captain. Um, everything that you want out of a football player, he can do it. And he does not have – he's not the fastest guy in the world, but he's certainly fast enough, and he makes up for it in, in probably every other area. So we're going to miss him. Um, but he has been a big part of, of what we do, and – the thing that that I've told him, I just told him this week. Honestly, I think I think he had one catch at Lincoln County, which is not normal. He usually is is leading the the stat book, but I think he had one catch. He had his normal seven eight tackles. He, he had a big third down third down hit on a pass breakup on a slant, and did a bunch of stuff in the special teams game. Did his normal stuff, but not a lot of production. And he said, you know, as long as we win, I don't care. His you know, he has bought into – I mean, last year, you know, there's games we threw for 500 yards and everybody was catching seven, eight passes a game, and, and that's kind of what we had to be last year. And I think in the off season we had the receivers to do that again. We didn't have necessarily the same type of quarterback. Um, and early on in this, in this season, our guys led by Mason have bought into we are a run-first offense that's going to – 
capitalize on some play action passes, some trick plays. Um, you know, he's thrown touchdown passes and uh, you know, you got other guys in the mix, Joseph Owens, who's playing his first year of football, starting at corner for us. Good receiver, Lucas Harden, uh, big touchdown catch last week. Jackson Jones, a freshman that's started the last three weeks, had his first touchdown catch last week. Uh, he's thrown a touchdown as well. So <laughs> we've got like, kind of what I alluded to earlier. You know, you got four guys carrying the ball, and they're doing it all different ways. Blake, a quarterback, will run over you. We got two or three guys that'll run around you, and then you got six, seven guys to throw the ball to. And and it's screens, it's play action passes, it's drop back passes. We're not easy to prepare for, uh, and and just the buy in from from all those guys has been awesome. Yeah, no doubt. Mason is a is a neighbor in my neighborhood, and he he actually watched my dog when he was on vacation. <laughs> so I had to I had to bring Mason up. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> um, so uh, as we as we wind this down a little bit, um, I'm looking at you know football in the in the Upper Cumberland, especially Putnam County. You got uh, Upperman that's eight and had had a big game, big win from behind last week, and in Monterey, you know. Coach is doing his normal, really good job up there. Yep. Football in Putnam County is in good shape. Yeah, in great shape. Uh, we, you know, I've leaned on those guys too. They've they've been helpful and um, really good programs that have good support. and And I think it's probably the best it's ever been. It's it's great that you guys can you know rely on each other and uh, you know pick each other's brains. That that's what that's what it needs to be like. Yep. And, and um, I'm no glad doubt. I'm glad to see that. And we're really excited about. Uh, Cookville High School and and what you're doing there and the foundation that you built and and now it's time you know to finish this season. Got a couple more games left. A big one on Friday night, last home game. So good luck with uh, the rest of this season. After it gets done, we'll bring you back in and talk about uh, off season and going into next year. Yeah, thank you. Senior night coming up. We need your support. Come out and and support these guys. We got a chance to be second in the region, host a playoff game. Awesome. Go out and watch the Cavs on Friday night, and thank you guys for joining us, and thanks to Jake, our producer in there, always does a good job. Have a good one, and thanks for joining Local Matter Sports. This is your host, Sam Brooks. See you next time.